Howdy folks and welcome to part two of our in-depth investigation of the Jedi Order. By which I mean a listing and the explanation of some of our favorite Jedi from the prequels eras. Just as in part one, I am joined this week by a symbologist of It's True, All of It, a Star Wars podcast. So, if you haven't listened to part one, just click a pause here, we'll save your space, and you listen to what you hear, and you come back for part two. Alright, let's dig into it. A communications disruption can mean only one thing, invasion. A communication disruption can only mean one thing, negotiation. We've lost all communication. Invasion. What will the future of Star Wars bring? You must contact me. You must contact me and listen to read. They wouldn't dare. It's unthinkable. In this Yobibbles bubble bubble Star Wars prequels appreciation podcast. It's outrageous. So Yarrow Poof, <laughs> our favorite. Yes, we do we do love good old Master Poof. <laughs> he's a he's from the planet Quermain? Quimeria? Quimia. Quimian. Oh, he's from the planet Quimia and he's Quimian. Is that right? Gosh, I, I guess that would be it. That looks like how it's been spelled out. You know, it's so hard with so many of these things because, you know, we mm. never hear them spoken hear out loud. You know, it's, it's just stuff that comes in the visual dictionaries or Wikipedia or, you know, within the, the novels spouted around in there. But you just kind of have to guess. Yeah, unless you hear it on an audio book or it's not like when I'm studying my Spanish, I can just press the, oh. Hear the hear it how it's supposed to be said. <laughs> Need one of those for Wikipedia. There probably is, and I probably overlooked it. But yeah, he's got pasty white skin. <laughs> That's what it says there on about him. Uh, I'm not going to say much about him, but just love the whole robot chicken. <laughs> you know, what about you, Dogface? <laughs> Getting pizza? Here, all poof should do. All in favor? Aye. Oh, I just got the coffee yesterday, and I submitted the receipt. Have yet to be reimbursed. Is anyone else having this issue? But oh, look! If it's the will of the council, then I'll go. And um, he's got two sets of arms, apparently, and two brains. <laughs> and one is in his head, and the other is in his chest. And and that that actually reminds me, like Kiari Mundi's got like a heart in his head or something, isn't that right? But mm-hmm. yeah, it's and up there and as we know this character came well sorry this character disappeared that was supposed to be an attack of the clones because he looked too much like the canoians that's what george thought so we get coleman trabor that took him took over him on the jedi council because apparently he the story is now written he's dead but coleman was just painted over him and that's how he came about and he he died in attack of the clones homeworld is sembla sembla and his species is Verk. Dinosaur looking guy. There you go. I love him. Got the figure as well. Listen to this. Oh no, he he's fantastic. <laughs> you know, I also just love the sheer uh, balls that he has to just like land on the platform 
with Count Dooku, mm. Jango Fett, and an armed attachment by himself, and just feel like, okay, he's got this one. Swing, mm. you know, swinging his saber all on his own, and oh, he does not, he does not last long. He just gets shot mm. right, <laughs> shot right off. But I, you know, I applaud his effort. He he seems like old Coleman seems like he's a real, uh, real go getter. Yeah, you know, kind of an Anakin type in that. Not very calculated. Would have been mm. interesting to see how his tactics would have played out in the the rest of the Clone Wars. Had he had he not died day one, you mm. know, one thing about Yariel, the transition from Yariel Poof to Coleman Trevor is, uh, <laughs> you know, I think in Legends, Yariel Poof in some comic was killed while investigating something. Oh, there, you're pointing to him right now. Oh no 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 no. Oh, no, you I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Doing a light thing. Uh, yeah, Yariel Poof, I think, was investigating something on Coruscant either got shot or stabbed by a bounty hunter or a mobster or something. So he died rather unceremoniously. And, uh, you know, I, I always say that if I was ever given the reins to write a Star Wars novel, uh, you know, a lot of people you know, say, oh, I want to try to write a brand new story or write something with favorite characters or fill in some gaps between mm. movies that need spaces. I would absolutely write you know, a Yariel Poof story. Yeah. First and foremost, you know, make make it a trilogy to really figure out what happens to him because I feel like he deserves some some really grand death. I mean, the whole robot chicken story of him, <laughs> you know, just really being a down on his luck guy who has to go get the pizza and everything, and <laughs> like that works too. Like that work. That there's what I love about that is there's absolutely <laughs> nothing to contradict it. You know, to say that that isn't what happened. So it's very believable to just say that, oh, yeah, he didn't die. He just was gone long. And the Jedi Council put somebody <laughs> in his chair continuously. And <laughs> just puts a mustache on as a disguise and mm-hmm. gets by that way. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's, I, I'd be sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I, I mean, I was just going to say, I'd be happy to have him a trilogy of the robot chicken style one. <laughs> the yeah, just where he's version. really just. <laughs> flubbing around yeah that really really follows through because yeah even in, in in robot chicken we're not sure what happens to him other than that he's working <laughs> yeah. in an imperial cafeteria but you know does he get blown up does he continue i mean you could take that goofball and uh, you know carry him all the way up to the the sequel trilogy too just kind of flubbing around yeah. maybe for the first order accidentally or like that would have been hilarious if you know, on the Battle of Exegol, when all the ships show up and you do hear various audios of people checking in, if, you know, you just heard Yariel Poof's like, owdly doodly, you know, come, <laughs> coming in on the loudspeaker. No one even saying who it is. You don't even see him, but just the handful of people who recognize. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's Seth Green doing the voice, but I don't know if it's him or Breckenmeyer, yeah. one of the few other guys who lend their voices to the show, but it's just, it's just too funny. Oh, look, it's, and probably he was an, I don't for some reason he sneaked his way into the Jedi Council, he forged the test or whatever, but or his force sensitive just died away because, you know, they're they're treating him more like he's stupid and ro- robot chicken, you know. <laughs> just a guy gets the coffees and the pizza and then they take him for a ride and then Vader can't sense him with the when the Emperor when he's <laughs> because he's force sensitive that force sensitivity is so weak, maybe. I don't know. That's my theory. It's fully cut off from the force. I love it. Now, now going on that particular council seat that Coleman Trevor replaced Ariel Poof, I believe Kit Fisto replaced Coleman Trevor on the council. Ah, I think that's that's seat number ten. If I, if yeah, I because 
he wasn't in the council in the Attack of the Clones, but he was in the Revenge of the Sith. He was by the time of Revenge of the Sith. So I believe that he, and, and during the Clone Wars TV show, so he gets promoted pretty quickly after Geonosis, and I think it's taking Coleman Trevor's spot, is mm. uh, is what they said. Which is a great transition to uh, Kit Fisto on the list of Yeah, Jedi. Kit Fisto. Well, his homeworld is Glee and Selm, and he's a species is now Tuolan. Again, we're saying it all wrong. Who knows? But one thing I like about that and the previous guy, Coleman, you you don't just have like his, uh, oh, he's, for an example, from the planet Kamir and he's Kamirian. You know, I love it how there's a species is different to the name of the planet. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, he had a droid that was R6. He was green as well, matching with his Starfighter, kind of a green and a bit of a yellow. Never got that Jedi Starfighter toy. Never got it. Wish I did. R6, I'm at the platform. Where are you? I missed out on that one. And I find he looks, he's well suited and looks better animated in the Clone Wars um, animated series rather than in Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. I mean, I still love him in there too, but I just thought he just a bit more suited. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say a few things about him. I love how he had a duel between Grievous in, I think, episode, uh, in the first season, episode 10 maybe, and I remember having the, so many toys of him that I had a version where he's just having a duel with Grievous because I had a couple of different toys of Grievous, which was, I always thought was really cool, and he ended up getting two lightsabers, so he took him on with two lightsabers while Grievous has got four. And also, I loved it how him, he's, well, he's master to Nadar Veb. His apprentice was on the mission to go and hunt for Grievous. And they both had a chance where they were both ta- trying to take him on. <laughs> Nadar! Congratulations on passing the trials. I'm sorry the war prevented me from seeing your training true to the end. You were missed, Master. But it is an honor to finally serve beside you as a knight. And also, Kit Fisto has the can manipul- manipulate water currents with the Force, and he was also in the Clone Wars, both the animated series and the cartoon series, where he was had his shirt off when he was underwater fighting um, the Quarren that was in the cartoon series. And obviously, oh, fighting the Quarren in the Clone Wars, I can't remember that episode. I haven't seen that one for a while. Yeah, so they yeah, yeah he, so he was. was doing it in the yeah. 2D series, and they picked him up and and put him in the the 3D one as well uh, because his mm. ability to breathe underwater, swim around, and plus it looks really cool with his, mm, his sort his of head. tentacled dreadlocks uh, looking things. Uh, you know, one thing that I really like about what the 3D, well, I guess, what both of those shows do with Kit Fisto is, you know, he's such an interesting looking guy. But mm. he wears, you know, the baggy Jedi robes that you can't really see what's underneath there. And in both yeah. of those, in both the 2D and 3D show, you really see he's this—he's super fit. You know, mm. he goes where he doesn't, you don't, he's not wearing a shirt when he's mm. swimming in the water. And he's a really buff guy. And, uh, mm. you know, I, I, I love Kit Fisto. And I, I really enjoy uh, Phil Lamar, very fantastic mm. voice actor. He did his voice for The Clone Wars, giving him this kind of Jamaican yeah vibe with it which i thought was an interesting take given with the the hair and whatnot um but no i i think he's great and it's you know kind of sad when he when he dies yeah trying to take on palpatine but his body disappears and so there's always the theory he's he's still out there he just it's true 
Did it disappear, just... or did we just not see it in the shot? Oh, you, you can see where he should be, and clearly it was just a mistake by the AD. Um, okay. You know, he should have remained laying down there, but his body is gone. So it means one of two things. Either he learned how to become a force ghost, which is hilarious if that's the case, that he was secretly doing that side project. It's quite um, training. <laughs> yeah, and I've seen some edit many, many years ago. I don't even know if I'd be able to find it where, you know, you get to the final scene of Return of the Jedi and Anakin's looking over and there the three force ghosts, but Kit Fisto's thrown in there too. Uh, someone <laughs> cut him like not being <laughs> there. It. In Revenge of the Sith. Or the other theory, which is what I uphold, is that, you know, he got just, you know, stabbed, but he didn't die. And he was like, man, I'm going to get out of here. And he just kind of shuffles away, grabs lunch, kind of goes back to his <laughs> home planet and swims around. No one, nobody's going to find him there. I must say, I did end up getting the toy of him with his shirt off as well. <laughs> so that was oh, a, it's, are, it's a great look. Huh? It's a great it look. But these are good. Uh, this is why, I don't know what. What, how this happened, I've always had a dreams of so, these Jedis that we're talking about, like that I would love to hear so many more stories about them because they looked so cool and they never got much time. And even in the Clone Wars, yeah, we got a full episode maybe of each of them, but that was about it because then the story was about Ahsoka or Obi-Wan or Anakin, Dooku, Grievous, Aj, which is fair enough. There's only so much you can have, but... I think, but I really enjoyed those buys, those last few figures, these last few characters we talked about, getting that or getting Kid Fisto with his shirt off. Like it was just sort of not a regular figure that come out. So I kind of feel it's a little bit rare and it, mm-hmm. it's fun to have in the collection. They're great. Oh, Jedi. absolutely. You know, speaking of little collections, you can get a Lego minifigure of Nadar Veb when you buy the Lego set of uh, General Grievous's fighter. Uh, which oh. is called the Soulless One. They're actually re-releasing the fighter as a set coming out in September in tandem with the uh, the Skywalker Saga, the Lego Skywalker Saga game. But it doesn't include Nadar, unfortunately. Instead, it includes Obi-Wan and mm. uh, a member of his clone detachment to tie more to how you see the fighter in the, uh, in the movies mm. and shows up in Revenge of the Sith. But it is fun. You can get a little Nadar hanging out. Um, Oh, that would be good because, speaking of the figures, this is one I've never known that you could get a figure of, like, I mean, I know you're talking about Lego, but I'm pretty sure there's not one that exists for the three quarters of Nadar. No, yeah, I, I don't no, think so I've never well. seen one. The single episode wasn't enough to, to warrant it, so it's cool that Lego gave him a little nod. I mean, it's pretty much, I, I think it's just they take Admiral Akbar's headpiece. Yeah. And put it on a, uh, you know, a Jedi body. I could be wrong. They may have made it a little bit different. Because he obviously looks a little bit different too. But they get lazy like that sometimes. You can't blame yeah. them. It's a way to save money. So, But he was so cool. So getting on to Nadar Veb. I, I actually thought, because I speak Spanish. Well, you know, I'm not fluent, but I'm pretty good. Nadar is to swim in Spanish. So I'm wondering if, because it's to swim and he's a Mon Calamari, if that's how they got the name. Or oh, it didn't yeah, say probably, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for the listeners out there, here's Mon Calamari, an apprentice to Kit Fisto, who died taking on Grievous on his own because the door shut and he was reckless and is just the sh- shock look on his face because he's got him with, got Grievous with the two lightsabers and then Grievous gets his other two arms, classic, mm-hmm. and then just kills him that way. Big cheater. And he was voiced by a guy called Tom Kenny, who also voiced Newt Gunray in the Clone Wars. Oh, okay. Animated series. So there you go. And 
because there's not much on him, I'm just going to say a little thing in Spanish again. All right. Opportunity to practice my Spanish. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I can get judged if there's any uh, bilingual people there out there that speak Spanish or any native Spanish speakers. They can say, no, no, it's not, not, it's incorrect. <laughs> he sounds like uh, from Spain. He doesn't sound like South American or USA. Whatever. Here we go. Nadar Web fue un hombre mon calamari cabellero Jedi que vivió durante los últimos días de la Orden Jedi y la República Galáctica. Fue entrenado como un Jedi por Kit Fisto, con quien se reunió en la Teresa Luna de Vasek, junto con varios soldados clon bajo el comandante clon Phil. Los Jedi descubrieron a la garida del General Grievous. Durante un intento de capturar al general Cyborg, Webb se enfrentó a Grievous en un duelo de sables de luz y fue asesinado por Grievous. Hmm. Very sad story. So. Very sad. A, a tragedy of its time. <laughs> mm. So I'll go. Kiari Mundi is a Syrian from Syria. I loved this character because before The Phantom Menace came out, there was an ongoing Star Wars installment of comics back in 1999 and he had a friend Ethan Mon on the front cover so I put but I got both those toys and I put them together I think they're really cool and as I said before he used to have a purple lightsaber by the time Attack of the Clones came out it went to blue because we finally see him use it and he basically is a very logical guy Silas Carson played him as well as Newt Gunray it took about four hours for his makeup. Uh, voiced by Brian George in the Clone Wars. Beautiful name, Brian George. I don't know why. <laughs> and that's all I'll really say for him. If we, I just love him. He's got a heart in his head and um, beautiful guy. And I think in the Clone Wars animated series, Shark T like gets injured or something. And yeah. I was sure he was mastered to Shark T and Aya Sakura in that time back then but then obviously things changed when the clone wars came out but yeah. i could be wrong there but it's just going by memory yeah I, I remember that as well i don't know if that that held true hmm. we do not have many ships to spare what about the droid attack on the wookies okay well i'll keep going <laughs> yeah 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 i've yeah, said right. Fisto with the lightsaber swap so <laughs> Okay, so Plo Koon, another favourite of mine. Oh, he's got his face covered. Maybe we could all be like Plo Koon now during this time. <laughs> James Arnold Taylor with something around his mouth doing the voice. Uh, he kind of came with a yellowish, light greenish lightsaber when his first toy came out in Phantom Menace. There you go again. Remember all these memories. Love it. Then it went blue, obviously, when he used it in Attack of the Clones. James Arnold Taylor, as I said, voiced him like as he did Kenobi. He's from the planet Dorin, and his species is Keldor. I love that. Different. His name's not after a planet like us uh, humans from Earth. Uh, and he found Ahsoka. He brought Ahsoka in when she was two to the Jedi Order. Yeah, I absolutely love Plo Koon and the Keldor. Obviously, Dave Filoni had a, a special uh, soft spot for uh, for Plo Koon. He actually had cosplayed mm. as him in the past before he himself mm -hmm. got to be a Star Wars creator. Um, I have a shirt 
that's uh, it says plows boys and it's uh it's written era you know arabesque and it's got plow coon in the middle with two of the wolf pack on either side so plow coon and the wolf pack i think are two of i just think it's a great a great gist right there why are you so certain no one is coming we're just clowns sir we're meant to be expendable not to me Probably my, my favorite use of of them all is um, when you see in the episode about the malevolence, the, the mm-hmm. really cool uh, separatist ship that ends up, you know, the, it's Grievous's flagship very briefly, and um, you know Plo shows up and with his clone detachment and they they take it out. His death is very sad. Probably the uh, yeah. you know, I mean, there's so many sad deaths in Order sixty six, but seeing the poor guy get shot from behind in the deleted scenes of that or at least in the storyboarding he was originally mm. supposed to eject from his starfighter yes, and then that, get yeah. shot while in air and so i guess they probably decided that was a little too much overkill mm. for him so they uh, decided to keep that out uh but nonetheless i uh you know big plo fan they end up doing some cool stuff with the keldor in uh Legends, there's a cool uh, Nostaral okay. is a cool yep. Keldor master who's like the historian of the Jedi Order in the Old Republic. And you can go to the Old Republic website, and I guess it's probably now on YouTube, telling the history up to when that game takes place. And he's this mm. Keldor historian filling in the gaps. And then nice. in Star Wars uh, Fate of the Jedi, that series that came out, sort of the last major Legends series of books prior to the acquisition uh luke and his son once again to those of you who don't know the differences between legends and canon this is not canon this is an old story uh luke and his son ben get trapped underground with a bunch of keldor who are all Mm. said to be kind of force sensitive uh mystics to begin with that the keldor are kind of like the degoyans in the sense that they have their own force masters who practice it but don't really associate with the Jedi so that Plo Koon or Nostaral were kind of two exceptions who were kind of emissaries to the Jedi and joined the Order there. So I thought that was kind of a cool mm-hmm. take. Obviously it didn't stick being canon but Dave Filoni did a lot of fun stuff with uh, with him in the show so you gotta salute that. Oh he did. He even, um, because he had a thing with, like because he brought Ahsoka in at that type of care for her. He went underground with her for a bit one of the episodes so that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Luminara Unduli, one of my favorites, getting on to the lovely ladies here to wrap, to wrap it up. Master to Barisofi, and she's from the planet Muriel, so she's Murialan, and they apparently only like to take their own kind as a master and apprentice, or that's what she said that she wanted to do. And apparently her lightsaber was Plo Koon's in Clone Wars for some reason when they like they got similar lightsabers, and yeah, they were saying they just sort of, oh, it just looks good or something, or I can't remember the reason why, but she had that design. Um, and yeah, she was played by Mary Oyaya in Attack of the Clones, and Faye David in Revenge of the Sith, and voiced by Olivia de Arbo in the Clone Wars and also the Rise of Skywalker for the voice. So I was, this is interesting. I noticed that most of the, because 
you don't hear those actors talk in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith for some of those Jedis, but you have, so you get a voice. This is one of the examples, Luminara, and same with uh, Barris and I'd say Aya and I mean, Shark Teeth speaks, but that's in the deleted scene. But those voices ended up being used in Rise of Skywalker when they're saying, I am all of the Jedi. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I loved it how she fights Arj Ventress in season one, episode nine. And she says to Arj, Your version is unrefined and sloppy about <laughs> your lightsaber skills. I loved her voice in it. And um, yeah, her. Apprentice Barris Offy, I love her, but I noticed that she's like a little kid in Clone Wars. She's so different to how she was in Attack of the Clones, and mm-hmm. she went against the council. She went bad. I mean, she had a worm or something stuck in her, but then later on, episodes later, she was getting because of the war, and that was good to know. They're good sort of story arcs that some Jedi's are just. I've had this. This is not right. This is not the Jedi way, or. Um, something is not right. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Um, actor Nalan Christian played her in Attack of the Clones, and she was voiced by Meredith Salenga in Clone Wars. Captain, the only safe landing zone is south of Skywalker's position. Yes, General. Barris, I assume you've made the necessary preparations? Precisely as you instructed, Master. So anything about Luminaria or Barris? I just jumped into those two. Oh, no, yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. You know, what you say about Barris is interesting because, yeah, when you see her in the Clone Wars, she looks rather contemporaneous with mm. Anakin in a way, you know, that maybe she's half a class behind him or something or just a little farther away. So you would expect that by the... Pardon me, an attack of the clones. So you'd expect that by the time of the Clone Wars, she would be kind of at Nadar's level in the sense of recent... Jedi, mm. but a Jedi nonetheless. Mm. But yeah, making her, you know, Ahsoka's contemporary instead, which I understand for storytelling purposes why it was good to have somebody who was Ahsoka's age, sort yes. of, who she could associate with, being friends with, if maybe having a little more experience there. Um, so yeah, I think that was an interesting decision. Uh, I, I feel like Dave Filoni must have had a bone to pick with Luminara because he doesn't paint her in all that flattering of a light. <laughs> I mean, taking on mm-hmm. Asajj Ventress is, is, is cool, and she's got some cool lines, but she's kind of mean to other people. And like, I think of like the Geonosis episodes and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. And like, oh, she's kind of stuck up, uh, but almost to the point where I was kind of glad that you know she wasn't in. You know how they tease that oh she was in Rebels. Like oh let's go. They go that mission to rescue her, Kanan and oh yeah, Ezra that's and right, company, yeah. Because uh, they think oh that's he right. can she can train Ezra, but of course it turns out it's just a trap. So that's how we find out her her fate there, which also, once again, maybe Filoni doesn't like her that much because she gave her a pretty brutal end <laughs> to uh, be a trap to bringing in other Jedi. Um, yeah, the Mirialon are interesting. Yeah. Uh, they're an interesting species, and the other one that we see who has some Force abilities is the seventh sister in Star Wars Rebels, which I remember... She, uh, oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm, that's that's right. the one voiced by... Um, mm. Sarah Michelle Geller and gets to have that fact oh, that yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller is voicing opposite her husband, Freddie Prince Jr., who voices Kanan. Uh, but right. there were folks pushing for, oh, the seventh sister is Barris because that would make a ton of sense because she left the Jedi Order 
or at least got, you know, turned against the Jedi Order, went to jail, so it makes sense she tried to become an Imperial agent. They're the same species, but they never put two and two together, and so openly they're technically two different characters. Uh, one thing that's fun is the, the uh, whatchamacallit, the Jedi Temple Guard who mm-hmm. arrests Barriss and takes her to prison, and who also shows up at the trial of Ahsoka, that is the one who is confirmed to be the Grand Inquisitor. And so that was oh, another okay. connection people were making that, mm-hmm. oh, maybe they developed a friendship, but I don't know why they didn't choose to extend that further mm. and, and make that Barris, but that's kind of a, a neat little spattering there. I reckon that'd be cool if they did. And even if Filoni didn't like Luminara, I still love what he did with her because I still love her. She's, she's oh, a yeah, no, yeah. And she, she's a lot of she's fun, just... but... Yeah. <laughs> she makes her a little a little stuck up, but I, I think that's kind of good because not everybody, not every, all the Jedi have to show some flaws, and so I, I think mm. yeah, puts that. She's a green, she's a green machine. Uh, okay, Shark T, uh, love her. She's a Togruta like Ahsoka. Ahsoka obviously probably was uh, designed, you know, from her because that was the yeah. first sort of time we get a togruta in the prequels movies, but that just reminds me of a Spanish word, tortuga, which it means turtle. Togruta, tortuga, there you go. And she's from the home world of Chile. And I've, you know, I, I wish she was, sort of, it was her that was sort of one of the main characters, but it wouldn't make sense because the whole idea of the clone was you have a young girl and, you know, Ahsoka and, over the years, seeing her grow up, like even towards the end of it, mm. uh, end of the series, and then we see her in the last, we see her in season seven and in Rebels. I think that's great. So that worked well. But yeah, I, I mean, I just love Shark T, and mainly she, it's, it was like she was just working at Camino, and she was voiced by Tazia Valenza. Doctor, there is no proof of your claim. I want this specimen and all the data prepared for transit to the Jedi Temple. And Ori Shoshan, Orly Shoshan. Sorry, everyone. I'm <laughs> all the actors and characters and planet names. I've probably pronounced them wrong. And please hit me up on it and pr- the pronunciation the right way, especially my Spanish. I've got to learn somehow. Uh, yeah, she played her in Attack of the Clones, and it took four hours to put that makeup on, which you could imagine it would. And I've got quite a few toys of Shark T. I've got one where she's got a cloth skirt where I've got her out of the packet and you can sit her on the floor and you can do the Grievous is about to kill her, like in the deleted scene in Revenge of the Sith. And I've also got a, just in not so much cloth um, style. And also, as I was saying this on the last episode, there was a, where she's just sort of, it's kind of like, a, it's not really a bikini, but it's kind of like, yeah, like a crop top or something. It's really weird. And I'm thinking... She never had that costume on anything unless it was in some comic or legends book, but I yeah, saw that. After, after we talked about this outfit mm. when you were on last time, I looked into it, and that yeah. is what she's wearing in uh, Forces Unleashed. Either the first, I, I never played those video games. Uh, ah, it's a video game, yeah. I'm yeah, never playing any games, so that's. Okay. Yeah, the one where uh, Sam Witwer, that was his introduction as a Star Wars person, he was the facial model and voice for. Uh, mm. uh, Galen Starkiller, I think is his name. No, Starkiller's yep. his his like Jedi name, Galen something. I, I don't know. I, I never played them. But she does appear in that video game. 
And of course, poor, poor gal, she dies in that one as well. You know, she's she's died in so many different ways. Which yeah. I think that we talk about, but I think canonically, her death is Anakin killing her while she's yes. meditating in the Jedi Temple. Yeah. Yeah, and that yeah. was that was confirmed when Yoda is having visions of the future of the Jedi Order in season six. He pictures that death of Shakti of her getting impaled by a blue lightsaber in the back. So that's pretty obviously Anakin. So. Yeah, yeah, and you can yeah, I read that and I figured that out. It's just sad that she still dies. Um, mm-hmm. Last of the ladies, who is a Padawan to Quinlan Voss, my favorite Jedi, which will save him for last. Uh, she's from Ryloth, and she's a Twi'lek or a Rutian. I'm not sure which one, or if they've got. You could call it either or either. Um, I've actually got a photo with Ayla Secura when I'm dressed up as Obi Wan at the midnight screening through our Star Walking for Rise of Skywalker. Somebody oh, that's up, awesome! I, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I went to a, a signature panel. Uh, or I just I got her signature, the actress Amy Allen, who who yes uh, put on the makeup, and it was really funny. I spoke with her, and mm. I was like, "Oh, so uh, you kind of had a, a rough death, kind of not able to put <laughs> up much of fight in Order sixty six. Did you have a say in that?" She's like, "Like you don't have a say with George Lucas. If he tells you to do something, you do it." Did I wish <laughs> I put up more of a fight? Yeah, probably. But you know what? I probably fell down five or six times until he liked the way I fell. So <laughs> I got kind of a kick out of that. She's a nice lady. Oh, how cool. Uh, she had it. Also a pretty cool uh, droid, QTKT, which was a pink R2 unit droid. This is all from the Clone Wars. And her original character came from a book like Quinlan Voss, like a comic book. So, oh, that Jedi's pretty cool. Let's make canon in attack of the clones and i loved her in the episodes where she was with the peacekeepers uh with a character called t what car i love his voice and i'm not sure if the listeners remember that sort of episode where they get stuck on that indigenous planet and they're like no we're not you brought the war here and all this sort of stuff but ayla's saying like hey we're we don't want to lose a thousand lives to save one and you know when they were dumping Anakin, she's telling Ahsoka, so you get another, um, like Luminara, a few episodes ago, telling Ahsoka off about her ways, or being, doing something bad, or, or whatever, and yeah, I don't know, that's, she was just a really cool character, and it would have been good to see more of her, and the good voice actor for uh, Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. It takes courage to stick to one's beliefs, young Padawan, as any Jedi well knows. I think this is a good transition to her master. Who, uh... <laughs> okay. So Quinlan Voss is a master to Ayla Secura. He's on the homeworld Kifu, and he's a species Kifar. He did, oh, I'm not going to say too much because some of this stuff will be from the book Dark Disciple, and I don't want to give away any spoilers. I really highly recommend it. I really enjoyed that book. Oh, absolutely. That's probably, it's easily in my top four of the new canon books. Yes, me too. That that Master Apprentice for me. Uh, I wish I could have seen more of him in the Clone Wars because we only got that one episode where he's hunting Zero with Kenobi and fighting Cad Bane, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But I think at the time I heard his hair was hard to do animated and there was just so many stories you know, they just ran out of time that he couldn't get it done so that's why it became a book and i got into this character before he was 
on any movies or canon in one of the comics and loved him and was so excited to hear his name being mentioned, Master Voss, you know. <laughs> and I've seen that sort of, that deleted scene where he gets killed in that tank with the droids. And, yeah, based on a background character in Phantom Menace. The, mm-hmm. So when the figure finally came out, I think the second or the third time with the sort of original trilogy look, you have him in that photo of him in Phantom Menace. It's so cool. But anyway, there you go. That's they're oh, my favorite guys, everybody. Hey, Commander, looking good? Kenobi, you look worse for wear. How's Temple like? Oh, yeah, they're all great. And, and, and one more thing about Quinlan that is kind of interesting. I've seen him used a lot in arguments when people talk about, oh, well, how is it that, you know, Baby Yoda, the child, is able to do force healing without any training or how come Rey was able to do force healing without anyone telling her how to do it, this mm. technique, technique that we've never seen used before. And somebody made a, a good comparison how... Well, we know that via Quinlan Voss that there does exist force powers that are unique to very specific force users, things that cannot mm. be trained. And I think, what is it called? It's, it's not force uh, psychometry or something like that. Yes, is, oh, that's right, yes. Yeah, his, his ability to sort of sense mm. environments that make him a great tracker, mm. that that's not something anybody taught him, that's just inherent to his force-using abilities. And so someone could say that's sort of the comparison to force healing. The reason you don't see force healing all around is only a very unique yep. set of Jedi are capable of doing it just simply because it's something that's that's granted. Another comparison would be, you know, all sorts of Jedi can communicate with beasts or animals, but Ezra Bridger has a very unique connection with animals mm. given his his limited amount of training. So Quinlan sort of sets that mold that others have uh, since followed there. I just have uh, three more Jedi I want to throw very yeah. briefly into oh. the discussion. I'll just, on that, just that quick note, just to say Kit Fisto could manipulate the water with a force because he's oh, that yeah. sort of, probably being that aquatic creature. And yes, because you see Quinlan, Boy, Quinlan Boss in the Clone Wars grabbing the cup and then he can feel that, oh, and he can track it down. But yeah, no, no, go. That's all I wanted to say. Please, let's hear your favorite. They were my favorite, everybody. <laughs> Your favorite, read. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those touch upon most of my favorites. Uh, the only other ones I want to throw in there are uh, Evan Peel, who uh, features prominently in the Citadel arc. He's kind of the, he looks like a Caucasian Yoda to an extent, with larger ears and a little ponytail. And I forget the name of his mm-hmm. species, it's not in front of me, but he's not that. And I just like how they give him sort of a Russian accent. Don't leave. Listen to me carefully, child. The information. I need you to deliver it back to the council. I should find Anakin or Obi-Wan. They need to hear this. No. Uh, through all of that is kind of a nice a nice little ad. And, and he, he has a hero's death and ends up dying, possessing half of the star charts in his head opposite of, of Tarkin. So it's kind of fun to see that mm. him and Tarkin were the first Jedi relationship that Tarkin ever had before getting to know Anakin better and of course later Darth Vader. Uh, mm. Secondly, there's Oppo Rancisis mm-hmm. uh, who is his species name, very S sounding because he looks like a snake, is Thispisian. He's a Thispisian. Ooh, okay. so he's that snake-like guy who's got a beard 
and you don't really tell can't really tell he's a snake because he sits all coiled up in a chair. Yeah. Um, he's the one who Yariel Poof calls Dogface. <laughs> yeah. uh, what about you, Dogface? Did you know that now it was a council? Yeah, and I can only imagine that the main reason that we don't see more of him is that would be very complex, definitely in the live action, to create right. that snake look. You know, that's a lot of, that's a big budget for a relatively meaningless character. Or, um, you know, we do see him slither around briefly in that season six episode six, with yes. Yoda when the council Yoda, gets yes. around him. And that's the first one I was yeah. like, oh, wow, I did not know cool. he was a giant snake. Um, yeah. It's cool that. Uh, a couple little tidbits about him. He was actually the heir to the throne of his planet. Okay. And so he should have been the king of uh, wherever it is that Thispasians are from. Uh, so it's kind of fun to compare him to Dooku, that Dooku leaves the Jedi Order using the pretense of resuming, you know, mm. the countship of Sorrento. Uh, but Opo Rancisis says no. He also survives Order 66, and we have no idea where he went. He's just slithered off somewhere. So he's kind of out there. So it'd be kind of interesting to see if he would pop up in something or another. He hid well enough to hide and survive the Inquisitors. But maybe, Mm. you know, with uh, the Jedi Fallen Order video game series still ongoing, the second one coming out, and I don't know if that's going to be two, three, four, whatever, you know, maybe he'll show up there and they'll give the Snake Man uh, everything Mm. he deserves. So uh, I don't know if you have anything about good old Oppo there. Uh... I just never really liked him. Like, it wasn't one of my favorites. Just mm-hmm. all those ones that I've just been talking about now I'm so passionate about, so... Yeah, yeah, um, I just... No. Just get okay. a kick no, that he's good. a snake guy with a beard. Yeah. It's just, just kind of funny. Yeah. And uh, and the last one is old uh, Tara Sanub, who doesn't show up in it. All these other folks who yeah. largely showed up in the films, like a few Clone Wars characters, and old Tara Sanub gets a great little Clone Love. Wars story. Um, you know... Teaches a wonderful yeah. lesson to Ahsoka about patience. He's a mm. the total antithesis of, of Anakin, who's told her, you know, rush mm. in, go go swing in to, you know, really be investigative. He actually was a member of the Jedi Council, uh, but retired. And yeah, I'm he was pretty thought, old, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, so I thought that was yeah. interesting that that was, you know, it's yeah. kind of like the Supreme Court here in the States where you can have it for life, yeah. but you are allowed to leave it. Just like I believe yeah. Jacosta knew. A uh, similar yes. story that she was on the council but also retired. Jacosta yeah. knew though, who isn't on this list, and I would never put on a list of my favorite Jedi. She is so mean to Obi Wan when he's looking <laughs> for, you know, and she says it doesn't. Yeah. She's so full of herself. I'm like, ah oh, man. Yeah. Love it. So uh, I, I did kind of cheer when you watch that one Clone Wars, the Holocron heist, where the changeling kind of a uh, Wax her on the back of the head or something like that and ends up taking her form. So that's that's kind of... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. It's been a while. I had I had to think for, for a bit. Yes, yes. But, uh, Anyhow, this has been really fun. I, I, it I, is. I love the Jedi, and it, it's really fun to go and look at all their... You know, it's where you see the most diverse range of aliens that you have significant mm. information on them. Mm. And I like yeah. how they're all unique, as we said. You know, they've got natural force abilities that you can't train and... These are ones we don't know much of that we got to learn in Clone Wars. We still don't know a lot about them, and it's great. And I love having the rare figures, and I'm finally glad to have a chat about it. You can hear my passion in my favorite Jedi characters. Oh, absolutely. Well, this has been a uh, mm-hmm. 
It's a, a wonderful, a wonderful show. I, I think I, I may end up splitting it into two, just so it's yeah. not it's not total overload. So I know we brought you yeah. on for episode thirty-three, but you'll be on episode thirty-four. Also. Oh, that'd be awesome. Thank you. I hope <laughs> so, I haven't uh, taken too much of your time cutting into your whole day now. It's all oh, over. no, no, no. It, it is. <laughs> it is absolutely fine. This is, has been a real pleasure. Thank you again for uh, the wonderful intro song. It's, uh, it's, it's really great to have something fresh and, there and that has a lot of care and effort put into it. We're very appreciative of it. My pleasure. And I'm so glad I got to write it and that you enjoy it and you're putting it on your show. And, uh, Good to be connection on the other side of the world, the USA's, the Americas, the Australias, and good time to be doing these sorts of things, something positive and fun we can do. Thank you so much once again for having me on the show. Well, that was a lot of fun, and I look forward to having symbologists back here on C.O. Bibble's Babble Bubble sometime in the hopeful near future. Got some excited stuff coming down the pipe to close out some of y'all's summer, where it's a little chillier than down here in Texas. It's going to be summer for a whole lot longer. So uh, nonetheless, stay inside, be cool, stay away from all the nastiness of it. The C.O. Bibble's Babble Bubble theme is written, composed, and performed by Zabologist. This show is recorded and produced by Reed Edward Devaney. Per usual, looking forward to catching you all around the corner.